When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. said i've had too much coffee on a friday welcome into the phnx cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings sportsbook app america's top rated sportsbook be sure to like and subscribe leave us a five star wherever you get your podcast johnny venerable bo brock bidwell's drone yes the opening song is fire as is my co-host mr bo brock <laughs> on the eve of us leaving for the nfl combine how are you doing my friend I'm doing great. Ready to hit uh, Indy. Just light it up. You know, you, me, Shane, we're going to be out there getting some great content. It's weird. Like somebody mentioned the opening song to the show and I was literally talking to Emma. I was like, should we change this song? But I guess it's just straight fire. So we'll have to, we'll have to figure that one out maybe in the future, but uh, I'm pumped. Everybody in the chat is already pumped. We're talking about who's coming with Monty Austin Jonathan Gannon, Kyler Murray, Michael Bidwell, into the future, Johnny, of the Arizona yeah. Cardinals. It's funny. You post, if you haven't checked them out, at Bo Brock, the gift from Half-Baked, who's <laughs> coming with me? And that's exactly what I thought today. I'm like, who's a part of this team moving forward? Who are the people that get to abandon the Titanic a little bit? And then who's everybody else that has to go their separate ways? We wish them well. Uh, and let's begin the conversation because I think, Ron Wolfley, uh, Arizona Cardinal uh, color man, was on 98.7 today, adamant, adamant bow, speaking our language, that the Cardinals are going to trade DeAndre Hopkins. And he said that kind of in so many words that maybe it doesn't fit the, the new culture for the Cardinals. And so I, I would think that it's less about Hopkins, the player, and more about Hopkins' $30 million cap hit. 
at over 30 years old. That's the kind of language we've been speaking. But it feels like everybody's catching up to this little program that could that once (laughs) upon a time had Jordan Schultz on a couple weeks ago saying adamantly it was going to happen. Now on the heels, or excuse me, on the eve of the combine, Hopkins feels like the first domino to fall, does he not? The largest domino, right? The, yeah. Their largest and, and biggest, most valuable asset that they would be willing to move. Yeah, no doubt about it. I, I think that DeAndre Hopkins, it, just like the Jonathan Gannon thing that we heard from, because we have such great insiders that come on this program, from Benjamin Albright to Jordan Schultz in Rappaport, that have tremendous insight on things like this that – you know, Schultz really feels convicted in the idea that he's not coming back, that that was something that Michael Bidwell in his initial report not only wanted him to try, that was in the report from Joel Schultz, to try and deal Hopkins, but it seems like it's something that, a theme that's continued. And I hear of the people that are like, hey, DeAndre Hopkins, you're a better team with Hop than you are without. But you have to take in consideration all the variables here that he is going into his year 31, age 31 season. He is making the money he's making, and he can still in return some valuable assets as well for the Arizona Cardinals. I don't, yeah, I see Blaine Clark Clark there. I I don't necessarily believe it's an ego thing with DeAndre Hopkins. I never got the sense that he had an ego too big for a locker room that it would sink things. I think like he was, he's very uh, team minded, even though he plays at an elite level. I just think that you could mutually find a, a beneficial way to part ways with DeAndre Hopkins and, and get something of true value in return to, to really jumpstart this rebuild. It's all about timing. We talked about it on yesterday's show. The free agent pool of receivers is bad. The draft, remember the draft last year, how many wideouts went in the first round? It was like damn yeah. near 10. We were talking about Johan Dotson and Traylon Burt's being our fallbacks at 23, right? They were gone. And, you know, kudos to Kime at the time. He had the foresight. He had Hollywood Brown kind of in his back pocket. And well, history's going to have to tell us how that's going to work out long term. But last year, it was it was all about the wideouts, right? We heard about it. Saw Bookman and I were at the combine. We saw Chris Alave, Garrett Wilson. The buzz on that group was fast and furious, right? This year, not so much. So it's like the same thing that I commended Michael Bidwell for this offseason is, he dipped his toe in the head coaching pool with only five openings to hedge their bet that they could leave with a Monty and a John Gannon. I think you do the same thing with, with D-Hop. It's like, sure, they could keep him around, but next offseason, like, will he get hurt again next year? Could something happen, right, where his value could continue to maybe go down and you could look at three consecutive years of missing time with injury instead of saying, okay, this is a reset. It's a mm-hmm. mini rebuild. There's going yeah. to be no K one presumably in September. We're we're not putting a you know an over under on wins. We're not talking about playoffs or busts. We're talking about new everything: new GM, new assistant GM, new head coach, new culture, new team. So why would you push all your chips in the middle of the table? Hopkins was supposed to be the cherry on top for this franchise with the last regime. So for him to be a carryover, and I get it. Everybody want we all want Hopkins a part of the Arizona Cardinals. We all want number ten on the roster. When the season starts, you you want to go to war with people like that. But for this team and where they're at compared to other franchises, like the Buffalo Bills, for instance, have to win the Super Bowl next year or at least get to the Super Bowl. They're in a different boat. If the Packers keep Aaron Rodgers, they're in a different boat than mm-hmm. the Cardinals, who have the second worst Super Bowl odds, according to DraftKings. So it's like you've got this expensive commodity. It's like if I'm if I'm getting over bankruptcy and I have to buy a home, 
and I've got a Fabergé egg and I really love my Fabergé <laughs> egg, but it's worth a lot of money and I need a down payment for my next house. I'm yeah. moving the Fabergé egg. It's not, it's not <laughs> do anything for me. And that's what DeAndre Hopkins is. He's a Fabergé egg. He's wonderful. Put him in a museum. He's elite. He's an ass kicker. And I think the Cardinals are wise enough to look at that and say, the free agent, the draft pool, not what it usually is at this position. It's great in tight end. It's great at pass rusher this year. It's not great at wideout. We're going to take and showcase D-Hop so we can get cheap, valuable assets for a team that could use uh, could could use infinite amount of draft draft picks and, and draft capital. Is is it still a hot market for the Fabergé eggs? Can you still get a, a pretty good return? Like, no, I feel like those are, you know, those it, are, they'll never go out of style. Is it not kind of insulting to call DeAndre Hopkins this elite wide receiver Fabergé egg? No, it was an analogy. I'm using I know, it was a, it was an out there analogy. It was it was kind of Was it? Yeah. I okay, give so. me something else. If I'm if I have to put a down payment on my home or I have to put a, sure. a deposit if down if on you my have, apartment. Yeah, I think you could stay like in interior design. You can look at maybe a painting that would be a, a nice a luxury to have. Yeah. yeah, I got a Picasso that's, you know, wearing out its welcome in my attic. I got to sell that. <laughs> the Fabergé egg, though, that's kind of like war man. crime that you have, like where you got your hands on a Picasso that nobody knows about. It's just that. chilling in your attic in Maricopa. I, yeah. I'm concerned. I've got more questions about who Johnny Venerable that's is. That's fair. I have a lot of, I'm staring at a lot of collectibles right now. Wouldn't you guys, I'll do a, I'll do an office tour at some point. You guys can see all my treasures. I, I, but it, it, he is the guy. He's kind of uh, the the top suspect when you look at you know who who's going to create more assets for you to to get this rebuild. Because w- would you say like the Arizona Cardinals aren't necessarily in the same boat that the Seahawks were in last year, right? Because they no. have their quarterback. He's just injured. He's rehabbing and he's attacking that rehab. If you missed what uh, kind of the insight we got from Jonathan Gannon, new OC Drew Petzing about Kyler Murray's rehab, check it out. You know, it's all over our socials. It's, of course, on yesterday's episode and on the podcast. But, you know, I think DeAndre Hopkins is absolutely somebody that you're going to get pretty much fair value in return for. Now, you can kind of, you can argue and debate, you know, can you get a late first for him? Is it a second? Is it get venture into the third round? But regardless, you, you trust that a guy like Monty Austin Ford, David Sears, your assistant general manager, and, and your head coach, Jonathan Gannon, are going to be able to help pick a, a good impactful player that you can get in return for a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. And, and that that's something that can help turn around a team because I think, you know, I saw somebody ask it, how dependent is Kyler Murray on DeAndre Hopkins? Well, we saw that he's very dependent in week seven of this season when he in came Cliff back. Kingsbury's offense. Right. And I think that that's also another big part of this equation is you've got to get Kyler Murray less dependent on his number one wide receiver. You've got to yeah. get Kyler Murray more dependent on, you know, the scheme in, in, in operating that offense, that's got to be number one, not, you know, who the personnel are. He's got to be able to, you know, like we saw with Aaron Rodgers before they traded Devontae Adams, how he was be able to be so successful without De- Devontae Adams when he was unavailable to them. He had an undefeated record before this season when Adams wasn't available due to the injury or whatever. So you'd like to see that and, and take away that crutch, but also get some assets in return. I think that uh, that would be big for the Arizona Cardinals. And I had, I don't think you can stop at the, you don't have to stop at the wide receiver room. Not no. a lot of people are talking about Hollywood Brown. Um, but if this regime doesn't view Hollywood Brown and he's, you know, I think your split as far as the NFL front offices are about Hollywood Brown, because of what you saw come out after the Cardinals dealt for him and gave up a first round pick for him. 
uh, last draft. Hollywood Brown, if you deal him, you free up $13 million in cap space. You got to be able to fill the roster. Yeah, I'm, you do. I'm with you. Yeah, no, you but, don't. Yeah, you don't want you don't want a couple ham sandwiches out there and Rondell Moore in your receiving core. But if you can't find somebody for DeAndre Hopkins and you feel like you could get something in return for sure. Hollywood Brown, yeah, and like everybody who's upset about the fact that Steve Kime gave up a, a one for him, I'd be pissed too. Steve Kime, like they're, but they're not going to apologize for Steve Kime. Monty Austin Ford doesn't give two shits what Steve Kime did. He's coming right. in, and if he doesn't, if they don't value. Hollywood Brown, who is a playmaker, but also got arrested last training camp. We're not going to ignore that for extreme speeding. Maybe he's one of the guys that was cutting corners. We don't know. And a guy who's been injury prone for this team. Like if they're like, yeah, we have a taker and we're going to trade him. Look, Michael Bidwell's just, he's going to go along with that. He's not going to push back because this is their, this is their wheelhouse now. Like they're in control of the 53 man roster. And I think that's important to emphasize. Yeah. Michael Bidwell is the president, the owner. And he oversees everything, but the way you get somebody like Jonathan Gannon and Monty Austin Ford to commit to you is that you say you got you got roster control. Do what you need to do because what we're doing ain't working. And I I think the receiver room in particular, Bo, is going to be the most intriguing this offseason. because like I could see a scenario in which obviously Hopkins traded, Robbie Anderson should be cut like tomorrow. Chosen <laughs> chosen Anderson, twelve million dollars that you can immediately recoup. You mentioned Hollywood Brown. I I think they would probably be inclined to give him one more year, especially like considering that uh, I do think that he's got a lot of upside. He has at least shown to be young and produce thousand yard receiving seasons. Whereas yeah. somebody like Rondell Moore, I know our guy Gannon and Michael Scott doing the yeah. doing that with uh, Rondell Moore, <laughs> but I mean we were talking to him on Radio Row a couple weeks ago. Like he can't stay healthy. Right. And if somebody calls you and they said, hey, we had a first-round grade on Rondell Moore. We love Rondell Moore. And we just we feel like he'd be good in what we want to do. And would you explore trading Rondell Moore? I don't know if he has any – any if you'd be able to recoup anything right now. But if somebody offered you like a fourth for Rondell Moore, like you'd have to consider that. I mean, and mm -hmm. that's the problem is like you're talking about – that's why it's imperative that you get good value for D-Hop because you're selling – probably 70 cents on the dollar with right. guys like Hollywood Brown and Rondell Moore in relation to what you paid for. Yeah. The market's tough out there for guys like that. And you don't see a whole lot of cap savings in return for a guy like uh, Rondell Moore or any of the previous draft picks for the most part, like because they're near the end of their deals. That's why where... people got fired. That's right. why people got fired. If yeah. the roster was good, Steve Kime would still be here. So you got, right. you got a lot of cleaning up to do. Yeah. So it, it it gets pretty thin after you start to look at those because I I looked at the the roster and who's who's controllable. Obviously, there's 30 impending free agents, and there's just not a whole lot of controllable talent that you could flip for more assets. There's just not. I mean, there's where you can you can get more cap space, and, and I've seen in the chat you you cut chosen Rose or Anderson, right? Chosen Anderson because Robbie. I almost Anderson. did that earlier. I almost said so. chosen Rosen too. He is chosen in our hearts. And boom, you get you get twelve million dollars in cap space. You cut yeah. Dennis Gardeck. He's gone. You get anywhere from two two point eight million to three and a half million, depending on when you do it. Marcus Golden, you cut him. You get about three million dollars, no matter when you cut him. Um, but here's the thing about cap space. Can I go on a little bit of a tangent here? Yeah. Because they need cap space, but at the same time, draft capital is more important because I don't think they're going to go nuts in free agency. And I don't think there's a bunch of guys in-house that they want to re-sign. I could be wrong. 
But like Byron Murphy, Zach Allen, they're not getting huge contracts from the Cardinals. So I think you're you're better off if you're just cutting guys to cut them. That's a problem. Because I don't want to then have to go out. If you're cutting James Conner, if you're cutting, uh, give me another name. Like, I, I don't well, know. No, no, no. Let's, let's use Marcus Golden for this exercise. Right. If you cut there, Marcus. I, I'm pro that because they have heir parents waiting in the wing. Right. But to, here, here's where I would kind of push back is like, you've got Gannon and you've got all these coaches coming from different staffs all over the league. And yeah. you've got guys who are familiar with some of these free agents. I don't think you're going to go out there and you're going to get, you know, the, the biggest names, but I think you're going to see this roster churn. No doubt yeah. about it. You're going to see a lot of new names come in here. So I, th I do disagree. I think that they're going to have a lot of different guys come in that this coaching staff is familiar with that can do and run yeah, the schemes fair. and plays that they're, that they, that they've called under these guys for. And you make a good point. Like they may not go out and sign Javon Hargraves to an $80 million contract, right. but they may sign 10 to 15 guys that equal $60 million that equal $55 million that they would then have to come up with. Like we're connecting the dots. Like Jacoby Brissett's salary next year is projected to be 5 million. So that that's almost half of their available cap space right there, right? But we assume Rodney's gone and Justin Pugh's retiring, presumably, or at least leaving the Cardinals. And then you've got all this work to do with the skill positions and on the defensive side. I, to me, what makes the most sense is you start off by moving Hopkins for a premium, seeing what you get back. But you ought to be able to leave free agency with uh, 50 three not 53 but a starting offense and a starting defense that that you could presumably go into the season with because i was talking to somebody about it recently and they're like well i really hope john michael what's the the minnesota's uh center's last name john michael schmitz yeah. john michael schmitz i keep wanting to say john jingleheimer schmidt but john yeah. michael schmidt like we <laughs> got to get him to be our starting center well i would you had love a childhood that. yeah right i would love that <laughs> but you can't go into the draft saying we got to get our starting center. You got to go in the draft like what Philadelphia did last year. What they have, they had Jason Kelsey, and then they took that center that the Cardinals won in the second round, and, and he's ready by year two. So they right. got to go out, and they got to be able to say, okay, we know we're going to take uh, an impact defender in the first round, but we also know we need an interior line help, and we need a corner, we need this. So they, they are going to have to go out and bring people in. So I don't want to. I don't want to talk out of both sides of my mouth. I think they're going to be active, but in the big time, you know, top five to ten market of premium contracts, guaranteed money left and right. I don't think they're going to play in that sandbox. Yeah, it's quantity over quality. I, I think yeah. they really do. I mean, like I think they're going to get some some good players that are going to be able to help uh, play significant and impactful downs for the Arizona Cardinals this season. So. Uh, but there's, it's really thin after that. And I saw somebody in the chat mention maybe trading DJ Humphreys. I just don't think that that would make sense unless there was like a team that really targeted DJ Humphreys they, that they wanted to take on that. Well, then it creates a huge hole left tackle that, that you would have to fill. You've got one tack. You would have, you have two tackles on your team right now. It's, it's Humphreys and it's Josh Jones. Well, I, and I get people are pissed at DJ Humphreys. I would be too. And we're going to ask Monty Austin Ford and Jonathan Gannon, like, is DJ Humphreys healthy? Can he play? Because his back's messed up. He held out, got a contract, and then immediately got hurt. But one area you can't fuck around with, like, they have to have an offensive line. They can't have five liabilities out there with a mix of rookies and, and undrafted guys to protect Kyler Murray. Right. So I, 
I'm fine with you want to go young and cheap and inexpensive at all the other positions. Great. But with Kyer and his ACL, you got that's the one unit you want to overspend maybe a little bit. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, and maybe just do it on a shorter term deal, right? Don't sign them yeah. to a four or five year deal, sign them to a two to three year deal. But like we see Golden, uh, DJ Humphreys, and we see Taylor Lewan, native kid here. I mean, I would take DJ Humphreys at this point in his career over Taylor Lewan. Oh, yeah. easily. It's it's I don't yeah I don't and he's younger um and he hasn't been he, he hasn't had to deal with as many injuries as as Lewan. Now it's it's not it's close but it's yeah it's I mean we Lewan got beat up by Buda Baker not just Chandler Jones Buda Baker absolutely just thumped him. Let me ask you this because you said outside of Hopkins nobody really on the roster has a ton of trade value and I would agree with that. But the, the oh, name that I've been spicy? bringing up, no, but the name I <laughs> continue to bring up that uh-huh. I do feel like could be dealt. And I, if this doesn't happen, don't no guys don't throw arrows at me. I'm we're speaking in <laughs> hypotheticals here. What would you be willing knowing that this, this unit I'm prefacing all this. It's ridiculous. This, this coaching staff takes undrafted linebackers and makes them stars and they want to draft day three linebackers. They don't want to pay the position. What would you be willing to accept right now for Isaiah Simmons? Man, what would I be willing to accept? Probably uh, third round pick. Is is that? I mean, this is the eighth overall pick, and it's also That's he's no got that ability. That. He's got that ability. This isn't Andy Isabella. This isn't Andy Isabella who did nothing for his entire career. Uh, this is a guy that has, has made impactful for? plays. He made four game-changing plays last year, and you know that if somebody was able to unlock that beast, that you would you would regret it. You would regret it big time. So uh, I I would be reluctant to part ways with him, even if even if somebody's calling and saying, "Hey, I got a second for you," I, I because I think that he he if if he's coached right, and I think the same goes for you know coaches that shied away because of Kyler Murray or, or anybody on this roster that if you don't feel like you can coach up a player with the athleticism, physicality, speed, strength that Isaiah Simmons has, uh, then I don't think you, you, you have a lot of confidence in your worth as a coach. Go back and watch that episode of hard knocks where Vance Joseph was talking about Isaiah Simmons when they benched him at the start of year three. And there are questions about does he what? Does he love football, right? Those are questions that were being asked about Isaiah Simmons in year three. And then we fast forward, and what is this front office and coaching staff preaching? Football junkies. Now, you could you could play both sides of the fence and say, Simmons, and I believe this, his growth was stunted by Vance Joseph and his stubbornness. But I'm just saying it's a position they don't value. He doesn't really have a position. He's going to get incredibly expensive. To your point, four sacks, two forced fumbles, two picks. I think you could get a, a nice little package for him. And then, like, who's to say they don't take Who, a linebacker? What, what team do you think values him enough to send the package? Like, who's like, if this you're, is if the you're missing asking piece. that question, then then we can't then also say, well, he's too good to trade. That, that, that to me, if somebody called, that's what I'm saying. I'm not shopping him, but if somebody calls you and says, hey, I heard you're moving players. Players from Clemson, you trade Hopkins, you trade Isaiah Simmons. 
we would give you X for Isaiah. I think for me, it would have to be like a high third round pick. And I would probably do it. And I, it's tough. Everybody's like, he was the eighth. No one cares if he was the eighth overall pick. That regime is gone. Steve Kime made him the eighth overall pick. We don't know if he would have been the ninth pick or the tenth. Like, it doesn't matter. Right now, what matters is he does not have a position three years into the NFL, and he got benched early in year three. And all the other linebackers in that draft are not having their fifth-year options picked up. Roquan Smith was just dealt for a two. It's a diminishing position. You'd love to have an ass kicker at the position, but it's not a position now teams value at that at that that high in the draft for that much money. But if you feel like Bo, you can move him to outside linebacker or something and make him more valuable, then let's have a conversation about it. It feels like that would be Reddick all over again if you were to do something. See, like you that. keep bringing that up, Saul. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, wait, wait, I keep bringing it up. This is the yeah, first I've time seen, we've ever talked about I've it. I've seen you bring that up on Twitter, saying like it could be Reddick 2.0. Oh, well, yeah, but I will say this. It depends on what team is asking to be traded to, right? If the 49ers, Seahawks, yeah. uh, the Patriots, right. guys, t- franchises that Ooh, have been Patriots known to thrive with high-level linebackers because they know how to use them best, I would say, fuck no, I'm not trading them to those guys because clearly we're missing the mark here. We got to figure this out. But if the Texans want them, go ahead, take them, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, I mean, the Texans of old, but now you got D'Amico Ryan's getting his hands on him. That's a little scary. That, that could kind of, but they would have to, you you would think that they would want to pick up the fifth year option, right? Get him at 12 mil next season. I, I just don't know. I, I love the, from Jalen Blair saying, this is why not, we don't get Simmons on the show because of all, all this from you. No, I don't. I mean, it's, it, I think you hit him every shit. day this week. I think you were slandering Simmons every day this week. He stiffed us twice. <laughs> And he doesn't play a position that's valued, and he doesn't he, really have a position. To Saul's point, he play, he's played every single season of his NFL career under Vance Joseph. I would love to see him play under Jonathan Gannon and You're Nick You're probably going to get that wish. You're probably going to get that wish. Yeah. And you know what? You can, you can dump mayonnaise on my head. You, can, you, you guys can tar and feather me in studio if he's an all pro linebacker under Jonathan Gannon next year, I hope that happens. If he's I all pro, him. what if he's, what if he's just like a pro bowler and he racks up? No, 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 hang on, hang on. And that's part of the discussion too, is like you drafted him. This is another layer. We're going to keep peeling back this onion. You drafted him eighth overall to be an all pro. So now are we just okay? Yeah. But like you said, the previous regime's not here. If, if he's, if he's going to be more productive than what you're getting on the market, on the trade market, I mean, you've got to get some, what you view as a value in return. So I, I think okay. it, it becomes it, – this is why it's so the water is so murky as far as Isaiah Simmons is because the, the coaching staff sees an athlete, right? They see somebody that can go out there and make plays, game-changing plays. Consistently, probably not. But they, they, they'd like to maybe find that and think that they can add that to his game. But then you've got the front office saying, look, Here's somebody that another team could view as an asset. So let's see if we what kind of value we can get in return from. And that, that's going to be something that's going to be interesting that's going to push this united front idea. Uh, and I don't think it's it's something that's going to be a, a sticking point, but it, it's just going to be interesting to see how they approach it. Uh, I'm trying to look up on Spot Track um, the highest paid inside linebackers in the NFL. And got to be Fred Ro- Warner, right? Roquan yeah. makes. 20 million dollars a year 
Shaquille Leonard makes 20 million. Fred Warner makes 19. CJ Mosley makes 17. But and right now, when you look at this roster, you've got so do you do you view are you do you believe that they view him as a linebacker or somebody that can play snaps at linebacker? I don't know what I don't know where he plays. I think I know I I think the simple answer is yes. I think he can play snaps at linebacker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh yeah. he he can rush the passer, he can drop in coverage, right? Uh but I think that when you look at this in in the two previous jobs that Monty came from and Gannon came from, they didn't invest a ton of money on that side of the ball and you've got a controllable player for two seasons if you want it from Isaiah Simmons. It's again if you want him on your team, I'm not saying that. Right. But they're not going to pay Isaiah Simmons big money. So do you want we're, to trade We're two him years now? from it. You you could let him, you could pick up his well, fifth year option at the beginning of May and you got him locked in for two seasons on a relatively okay. affordable well, deal. What's he making this year? Like five to six million? Yeah. And then it you jumps know how to much, 12. You know how much TJ Edwards made? The last couple of years, he didn't have one season making over a million dollars. No, he was an undrafted free agent. Well, but that, but that, but that's what they prefer. And you're going to pay Isaiah Simmons twelve million dollars on a fifth year yeah, option. But Jonathan Gannon got his hands on, on T.J. Edwards. You know, what is he? He's been in the league four or five years. He got it. Years, he got him two years. years ago. He, he. I'm sure there was a lot of things that he was he had, he had learned between now. You know when he came into the league and when Gannon got to him and, and I'm not taking, that's not an indictment on Gannon. I'm sure he developed the shit out of him. I'm sure he's yeah. one of the main reasons for it, him and Nick Rollis. But I, I also think that, you know, if, if, if Gannon sees DJ Edwards and, and you've got this guy who's had just like a, a ho-hum start to an undrafted f- free agent career with the Eagles. And then he turns him into what he turned Edwards into. You don't think he looks at Isaiah Simmons as a reclamation project. Maybe for a year. But I, I again, you, let me. Hey, you like the idea? One year, how about two? Two controllable years. You can have them for not, two controllable. Years. I don't want to pay I, Isaiah Simmons as an inside linebacker making twelve million dollars. He would have. That's going to gonna be the year. toughest part. Is they have to figure out between now and May and him not playing a snap of football. They're going to have to look at film. They're going to have to right. look at what what they you know the conversations they have with him to determine if he's somebody that they want to lock into for the next two years, because then otherwise you're right. It becomes a situation where it's just like, it's a lame duck year. It's just one, it's a one year prove it year for Isaiah Simmons. And we've seen how this works out. If you let him hit the open market and and he bets on himself and it works out, then, then you probably don't have him coming back. I mean, you might be better off not picking up his fifth year option, letting him play for you. If he's serviceable and you get a good year out of him, then he goes and he signs a nice contract somewhere else and you get a fifth, you get a third round comp pick. I mean, that might be the best case scenario if you're only getting offers of a third in, you know, right now and then you have to replace it. It's not a, I mean, it's the, it's the hardest conundrum on the team to figure out because you, everybody's plays connect the dots with this defense and saying, well, they already have two plug and play linebackers. We're, we're, we're in year four and no one knows his position. And he's about to make $17 million over the next, you know, combined the next two years. Um, I don't have $17 million yet, but DraftKings, they've got me hooked up and they can hook you up with at least $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's not Isaiah Simmons' fifth year option money, but it's a good starting point to dabble. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but the Phoenix Suns play tonight. They are back after the All Star break. No Kevin Durant yet. 
but they're the late game prime time tonight here in the Valley. They're taking on Oklahoma city and they will prosper as will you all. You got to do download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now use that promo code PHNX. New customers can bet a mere five spot, get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's a five spot money line. That's a five spot on the spread, a prop. You want to look at NFL futures, do whatever you want, but do it with DraftKings. Only the DraftKings Sportsbook app with promo code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. We're going to be live from Radio Row all next, or excuse me, from the Combine all next week. And we're going to be dabbling on all the many props. Last year, there were props on the NFL Combine over unders for 40 times. So if you're a Combine junkie like us and you want to put some funds on the young NFL stars to be Look at DraftKings. Look at the combine. I can't wait. They haven't been revealed yet. We got to know who's running first. But man, oh man, I know my guy Shane Diefen, Shane Diefenbach of PHNX Bets Daily made some coin last year on the 40s. So check it out, but check it out with DraftKings. It's happening to Shane on that, on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And it's also a great time to just tap in to your friends over at Four Peaks. Go find yourself a friendly bar stool, settle up around the brewery bar, or go get a table at the H Street location, and you can do it tomorrow as well. You can check out the speed and the adrenaline of the Beer Can Derby going on tomorrow at Four Peaks, the H Street Pub in Tempe. I think you still can get your kit tonight, but you'd probably have to be spending long hours staying up through the night like Iron Man working on his suit in a cave. You're going to be working on your beer can derby, just just iron and steel and putting together the fastest car on the track. Or you can try if you're the fastest car on the track or just go watch and shoot some beer can cars down the track. Sign up through fourpeaks.com slash events. But otherwise, just go over there, watch a game. I know KD and the Suns is going to happen at some point. Great place to catch a Suns game. Great place to go check out the Combine throughout the week. I know they got great lunch daily specials going on there. So check them out, Four Peaks. And if you just can't get to the brewery, might as well go check out uh, your favorite beer that you can find in your grocery store, your convenience store, your gas station. Go find Four Peaks wherever you want here in the great state of Arizona. got to be 21 years or older. And, of course, enjoy it responsibly. I'm with uh, Gannon Ball, Four Peaks gang. I'm thirsty as well. Time to crack a cold one. Everybody says I hate Isaiah Simmons. Weak take. I Listen, I did not love the pick very back hard when they him. took him eighth overall. But yeah. I was like, maybe he can be like Luke Keekley generational. And it just it hasn't happened yet. And it does hurt me because I wanted Tristan Wirfs. He's a stud. C.D. Lamb, he's a stud, right? But again, we'll let... Let the people in charge. Did you want Jedrick Wills too? He's not great. Not really. Not really. Not really. But I, board, I mean, right? It's a pre. Did, it's you, a premium did you talk about Jedrick Wills at that point? Potentially, I did not. I like Tristan Worse because he went yes, from he everybody. Came from Iowa. No, 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 no. Yeah, because the, he was jumping no, out of like, pools. He was the fourth the tackle taken. But not everybody liked him. He went like ta- Tampa stole him in like the middle of the first round. I did not like the idea of taking another positionless player after what had just happened with Hassan Reddick. I like the philosophy of this team in the draft now. I liked Isaiah Simmons. I did. Yeah, I bet you did. <laughs> I didn't expect him to get there at eight. I didn't. And then the, the Panthers ended up taking uh they ended up taking Derek Brown right before the Arizona Cardinals and rest is history uh but yeah i mean you you absolutely i was make the case all draft season long too for the offensive line position there was a lot that was a very impressive class there was i think four yep. people deep four 
four prospects deep that win the first round. So speaking of the draft, are, are we talking about the third overall pick when we talk Let's about do after? it? Yeah. So the Arizona Cardinals, we're seeing more and more momentum that the Arizona Cardinals could be open for business at third overall. Let's take a look at our top 10 NFL draft order. Producer Emma put together this graphic. Looks so nice. Uh, you got the Bears at the top. You got Houston at number two. And then you got the Cardinals at number three. Indy, Jones, and for a quarterback. Do they think they can get one if they stick and pick at four? You've got Seattle at five with the Broncos pick. You've got Detroit at six with the Rams pick. You've got Vegas at seven. You've got the Falcons at eight. Carolina at nine. Could they be a team that tries to move up? And then you got Philly with the Saints pick at uh, at 10th overall. And, Johnny, I was looking at it like we've seen some deals. I believe it was the Niners' initial trade to get up from about 12 to three to select Trey Lance. And that deal looked like this. It was a first-round pick swap Yeah, with uh, – what was the team? Was it Miami at the time? And then they were able to get, they got a third round pick that year too. And then a future first. So we're talking about, you know, swapping first, get an extra first for the next season. And then a third round pick. What does that do for you? As far as the Cardinals? I don't hate it. I've got the draft chart up right now. Uh, the Jimmy Johnson infamous draft chart. And the Cardinals aren't going to make any trades with the Seattle Seahawks, presumably. But I think Detroit is an interesting team to watch. And, of course, Indianapolis, Bo. And the Cardinals pick right now, according to the draft chart, is valued at 2200 Then there's a significant drop. If you wonder, it, it, it drops to about 1800 So if you wonder why it was so imperative for the Cardinals to get in the top three, Chicago's pick is valued at 3000 then 2600 then 2200 then it drops to 1800 If you were to make a deal with Indy, I, I think you could get away with swapping picks going from three to four. The 35th overall pick that's owned by the Colts bow is worth about 550 on the trade chart. That would get the Cardinals almost to even value. You may have to kick them a future pick or they could outright say, we're desperate. We're going to give it to you straight up. But I think the people who have said Indianapolis staying at four, and not going to one is the best thing for the Cardinals. I agree with that. And while I like Justin Fields, the Bears trading fields. Let's say the Bears trade fields, Bo. And Atlanta knows they can't get a QB or a team in the teens wants Justin Fields. We're, we should be rooting for the Bears to take another quarterback. Because you know Houston's going to take a quarterback, correct? So then that means that Chicago and Houston are not open for business. Those picks are cemented by those teams which means the only way if you're Indy, if you're Detroit, if you're Vegas, Atlanta, Carolina, and you want to come up, you got to do a deal with the Redbirds. And I, that's a very advantageous position for Monty Austin Ford to be in. Chicago moving off fields, we should all be rooting for that because that means that they're going to stick and pick first overall. And, and yeah, and keeps the Arizona Cardinals in, in the prime position to get the top quarterback hungry team, correct? Right. Correct. Right. Because if Chicago commits to Justin Fields right now, then if you're Indy or Vegas or Atlanta or Carolina, you can just go to, to first overall. Right. You're just fighting over, against yeah, these other overwhelm teams. Overwhelm them with a haul. No doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, and, and, but I mean, and then Chicago, obviously, 
they're a team that that needs a lot of different things and and they could sit there and they could drop down the four and, and still continue their rebuild with Justin Fields. Uh I'd be I'd be interested to see how far they're willing to drop. I mean, this isn't like this isn't like 2015 where you saw the top two picks get traded uh in, in the Rams and and uh what was it? It was the Rams that that traded in and Philly traded in and they were able to pick up their franchise quarterbacks at that time. Uh and, and the other teams just kind of dropped down pretty significantly. The Arizona Cardinals, though, I mean, is it too tantalizing for, for a guy like Austin Ford? Does it seem like that that should be the direction that this team needs to go? But you, you can't get away from the idea of, of adding a guy like Will Anderson Jr. or Jalen Carter. I think that those are just two guys. And I don't know if, if the conversations are going to change after the combine start and, and you've got all the, the workouts that are going to happen after that. If, if the perception of those two athletes are going to change. Uh, but I think that the, the Cardinals absolutely have to be open-minded as far as what they want to do with this third overall pick. It all just depends on what kind of grade they have for Jalen and or Will Anderson. If they make them, you know, blue chip generational prospects, if, if that's how they're viewed, then they're going to stick and pick. They should. But if there is a gray area, if we exit the combine next week and Will Anderson is good, He's a good top 10 solid prospect, but he's not elite. It's not Khalil Mack, Von Miller, and the same thing goes for Jalen Carter. Then we've got some questions that need to be asked, right? Do you then start putting out feelers to everybody? Because I'm going to tell you right now, Detroit's value is 1,600. The Cardinals, is again, is, is 2,200. Detroit has the 48th pick, which is 420, and they've also got the 81st pick, which is 185. That's almost an even exchange. So you could end up with the sixth pick, the 48th pick, and pick number 81 going down two spots. Yeah. And you assume that you could potentially get Will or Jalen at six, depending on what Seattle does. So I, to me, I still like the idea of getting my blue chip, you know, SEC ass kicker. And I have nightmares about taking ACC players <laughs> and Big 12 players. However, the more cracks at the plate you get, Right. Especially in the top 100, the quicker this mini rebuild is going to go. I mean, how many pick? I, as much as you trust with with in Austin Fort and and his new staff and new front office for the Arizona Cardinals and Gannon. I mean, how many picks do you, do you need? Like, how many picks can you really kind of count on hitting and and turning this thing around? Like, I think that you, if you can get. Obviously, we're talking, you know, dealing DeAndre Hopkins and and dealing the third overall pick. I mean, that's that's creating a ton of assets. That's creating a ton of draft capital that in, you would have a very, very young team, which is great, especially for a rebuild. But um, you also have to hit on those guys. And what's the hit rate? How how good? How do they evaluate this draft? How much right. talent is truly in this draft? Right. They're going to have to determine are there. 17 guys with first right. round grades are there 25 guys with first round grades is there a big difference between pick 35 and pick 55 because there may not be and so in that case it's like okay i want to recoup as many seconds as i can but i i feel like the good organizations Bo, the teams that have kick-started their rebuilds and and have come out the other side contenders stockpile day two picks i mean you even look at kime shit record in the draft where did he have the most success? Day two. John Brown, David Johnson, Tyron Matthew, Marcus yeah. Golden. Buda he Baker. got those guys, Buda Baker, yeah. on day two. 
Now, we're numb to the first round because it, outside of K1, it really hasn't worked out. So I think that's part of the issue with a lot of fans is like, well, just trade down. We suck at drafting first-round picks anyway. I, I would have a tough time after gifting Nick Bosa to the Niners, and I love Kyler Murray, giving Seattle Will Anderson um, because we've earned this third overall pick now. Yeah. And having Will Anderson terrorize you in Seattle in your division, that would be difficult. But so you better make damn sure that you're going to make the most of those picks on day two, because here's what they're not going to do. Mm -hmm. They're not going to take those picks and flip them for a Chandler Jones or a D hop expensive contracts for proven players. Right. Those days, at least right now are on hold. And it would, it would continue. It'd be a continuation of Denver continuing to screw over the Arizona Cardinals because that's right. Denver's pick. Right. So yeah. and we just, we, hate we, we want that to end. Uh, I know we're having a good run now as <laughs> as Sean Payton builds his super staff. Throw up the radio air quotes there as he's now hired Vance Joseph and Joe Lombardi, two of the Ooh. most polarizing coaches from their former respective uh, team fan bases. Uh, I like what Pick and Spreads always had to say anytime he enters in the, uh, the prospect banter here in the chat. He's got Anderson's better than Aiden Hutchinson, but he's not better than Nick Bosa which is still a very good player. Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle from Georgia, in his opinion, is the best DT prospect since Ndamukong Sue. Carter is a blue-chip generational, and Anderson is blue-chip but not generational. And to me, you're, you've hit the nail on the head picking spreads. I think Jalen Carter has the most to gain this week because I think when you see somebody that big move well, if he runs a, a generational 40 time, assuming he runs – I mean, there's a chance we could be fast forward in 10 to 14 days from now, and he's the best player in the draft. There was some bullshit about him kind of being a, a bad character guy. Then we heard you about care him about being, his 40 time. And well, just big... it, well, it's fun to see the the big explosive guys run fast. Mm -hmm. I think is the point I was trying to make. But there, there's a there's a note out there now that he was helping pay somebody's tuition. I mean, like an exceptional teammate. Like there there was a little bit of a smear campaign by Todd McShay that they have since combated. Well, all I, I mean, know is. For everything I've read on both of those of Carter and Anderson, they're both exceptional guys off the field. Yeah. They're they're elite human beings. And so I just the Cardinals, I they don't have enough elite level players. And that's the problem we're in right now. You're talking about flipping guys 70 cents on the dollar. That's my only concern with trading down. Um trading down in in, you know, hindsight could be a good thing, but not if you pass on. I mean, we probably have to go back and look, but how many times have teams traded down and regretted it? Probably a decent amount if a you know a Pro Bowler went right before them. Yeah, uh, see, was it J Jordan P saying or no? Was it uh, Mikey Desert Cardinal asking if Jalen Carter could be our Aaron Donald? It's I mean Aaron Donald was what the thirteenth overall pick. He just kind of slid because of obviously his size, not your traditional defensive tackle size, uh, and it obviously rose the ranks afterwards. But you know, to pick and spread his point as far as Ndamukong Sue was somebody they were considering even like I think around Heisman season for what he was able to do right. and how he was in consideration to be one of the top picks in that draft. So, I mean, as far as prospect wise, he was even a bigger prospect than even a guy like Aaron Donald Donald. So it's uh it's really interesting as far as the Cardinals go, they've got a good problem to have here. I think you've got two prospects that seem like they could be impact makers regardless, you know, if they're generational or not. And then you've got the ability to create more assets and help your rebuild out by staying in the top 10 and then getting more picks on top of that, which would be huge for Monty Austin Ford crew. But you just, you control your narrative 
sticking and picking. It's in your control now. You know you're going to get a generational SEC prospect. You know, Georgia wins the natty with him back-to-back years for the first time since the 80s. Like, you can check that box. They've got people in Alabama, which is an NFL factory, saying Will Anderson's the best pass rusher Nick Saban's ever had. I like the idea. I'm comforted by that. Then trading down four or five spots and leaving my fate up to chance Mm -hmm. uh, and then compounding that with, well, you're going to get an extra second and a third. I don't know who's available with with those picks, right? So, I mean, it's it's a difficult proposition, but I think we need to take note and heed Michael Bidwell's comments that they're they're not going to be able to fill everything this offseason. Right. So that leads me to believe like just take the best player. If you don't if you're not blown away, take the best player. Jason Krell, thank you so much. Dollar ninety nine super chat. Just getting in, guys. Trade down or what thoughts? I, our thoughts are make us an offer. Let's let's see what the offer is, and let's see how how these guys look next week. It, you, I think you got to be rooting for an Anthony Richardson to start going bonkers oh, yeah. as far as his uh, his draft season goes, his his draft prep as far as next week he blows people away. The, the quarterback out of Florida, and and then obviously his his uh, his own pro day that he starts to move his way up draft boards because you've already got three guys in consideration. Obviously with Stroud out of Ohio State and Young from Alabama and Levis out of Kentucky, who I, I'm still puzzled by. I'm not a big believer in him, but it's, it's kind of split. Like there, there are teams that really like Will Levis. So if you can get four quarterbacks, it just be, creates that need that only helps the Arizona Cardinals as far as what they want to do with that pick. What helps you is checking out the Underdog Fantasy app. Again, it is the premier fantasy app for us here at PHNX. And uh, yeah, maybe this time... Next fall, Bo, on Underdog, we can take the higher in sacks for one Will Anderson as a member of the Arizona Cardinals. Isn't it nice we can talk about draft season and the third overall pick and not have to worry about, I don't know, moving off Kyler Murray because the organization is so high on him suddenly, which you love to see. You also love to see on Underdog Fantasy that you can draft your team against five of your friends and the highest scoring squad for the night wins the cold, hard cash. Underdog has got you covered. NBA. They've got Major League Baseball right around the corner. Of course, we've got NFL next year. But you can stay busy right now tonight with the Phoenix Suns and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Draft six NBA players with no positional limits. And that is it. Prosper, it's so easy to get started, friends. All you got to do, go to underdogfantasy.com, download the app, sign up with promo code PHNX. Underdog is going to match your first deposit up to $100. There is no better time, in my opinion, to be on Underdog Fantasy. This offseason, NBA is in full swing. I'm going to be on this app on the reg, especially when number 35 returns next week, Bo. Next week, the calendar switches to March. And with that, you're going to have conference championships going on, tournaments going on, college hoops. Then you've got March Madness. You got to set up your old cave for watching all your games. We already got them fired up out there. Uh, in our in our common area, we've got the uh, Bolero two power recliner. It's black, Ooh. leather, sleek, and right now more furniture. You can find it for under five hundred bucks. It's four ninety nine ninety nine. You can get that. You can get a couple of them. You can set up uh, your TV watching experience in your living room with those loungers. Right now, that's a limited time door buster. You can get their sleeper sofa. It's nine hundred ninety nine bucks, just under a grand there. You can get that white glove delivery. Doesn't get better than that. They're going to deliver it to your home. They're going to get rid of all the packing materials. Going to take 
any you know option of you getting injured or having to put together some piece of furniture that you can't even understand the directions because it's in <laughs> Swedish, you can get rid of all that because you got white glove delivery and they're going to set it up where you want it and where you want it in your house. Get that perfect feng shui. Get it now, right now. Morefurniture.com. That's morefurniture.com. Check them out at 44th Street in McDowell and tell them that we sent you from PHNX. Set up your living room, your dining room, your bedroom, your kids' bedrooms, your guest rooms. You're going to love it. So we're on the eve of the uh, NFL Combine next week, Bo. Um, do you think any deals get done next week? Do you think we get an Aaron Rodgers trade? Do we think we get a Derek Carr deal? Um, you know, he's a free agent now. He can sign with anybody. I mean, it feels like kind of a lengthy process, Derek Carr. Or he, maybe, or maybe he's yeah. waiting on the Aaron Rodgers trade to come yeah. to fruition. It, it feels I, like we're we're on the cusp of really hitting some momentum here in the well, offseason. Rodgers came out from his darkness retreat, right? He did, yeah. Yeah, so it's good, good to hear he's back out of the dark and he's ready to go. I, I don't expect there to be any movement as far as that goes. I think... They're going to leave it to be in the combine and let the combine be its own thing. Probably see start to see some teams continue to release some players. We're seeing some interesting names. Obviously, we're seeing some come out of the NFC West. Like Bobby Wagner is no longer a member of the Los Angeles Rams, which is good news yeah. for Cardinals fans. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't expect any big quarterback movement next week. No. Well, I expect we'll see. the quarterback movement. I expect Derek Car <laughs> Carr to sign. With the New York Jets, I'm going to make wow. that prediction right now. Gangrene. Also, I like it. Also, don't fucking come back unless you got video <laughs> of you two scooting all the way to Lucas Oil. I want to see who wins that scooter race. Uh, that'll be me, easily me. I'm going to double down the GM Saul Bookman's comments here. We're going to make a promise to everybody in this chat. They even have the lime scooters, the birds out at this. Yes, yes, all right. yes, yes. Uh. Bo and I unequivocally, 100%, will ask about new uniforms to Monty Osenford. <laughs> we got the schedule today before the show. Monty Osenford and Jonathan Gannon speak on Tuesday. Yeah. Our Tuesday show is going to be a little later, and then everything else is going to be at the same time the rest of next week. We're going to say, Monty Osenford, any update on new uniforms for the Arizona Cardinals? Um, and we will cut it. We'll put it out on social. Yeah. We'll get I'll him on the record. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to get Bo's going to video it. I'm going to say it loud and proud. Give us new uniforms. And we're just, that's all we can do. We can't manifest it other than putting the guy on the spot. And uh, we'll, we'll hold his feet to the fire. Hopefully he's got a good answer for us. The Bo. birthday boy today, right? I, I wouldn't have known that if the team site didn't, didn't tweet it out. Monty Austinfort for his birthday. Johnny Venerable already got him a, a present coming about new uniforms. Questions about new uniforms. My wife works in the in the medical field, and they have a whiteboard for Lyme scooter, you know, bird scooter injuries. Yeah, and it's 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 unbelievable how many people injure themselves on those things. So you know, you know what Monty Austin Ford and Company should do for his birthday? They should go to Octane Raceway in Maverick here. Perfect in birthday Valley. Yeah, uh, it definitely is. Uh, if you guys haven't been there, it is a flipping blast. We had a team outing not too long ago. I didn't finish last bow in the go-kart race, but I didn't finish first. And I feel like some of the times may have been skewed. I feel like people were purposely running me off Where would the road. You, like, so if, would you say you were closer to first or closer to last? I really do feel like I was like dead center in the middle. I think that's, okay. you know, too, too close to call. But you're, um, you're an elite scooter rider. I am. Yeah, <laughs> right. I am. I, I've got some video we can post on on Twitter and we can get some new footage here. I can't <laughs> wait to just tackle Shane Diefenbach off of his scooter. But 
Speaking of Octane Raceway, they've got daily specials every day, like Monday, unlimited fun pass for 15 bucks. Taco Tuesday, 50% off Taco Trios. Wednesday, winning Wednesday, half price arcade games. Thursday, big bucket. Thursday, $20 beer buckets. You love to see it. Uh, Friday night, they've got a trivia night. Saturday and Sunday, 50% off all bowling before noon. Uh, it's a great family place. It's a great adult place to go and have some fun. Book some fun this spring at Octane Raceway in Maverick. Cart racing, virtual tag, laser tag, axe throwing, bowling, arcade. I mean, you name it, they got it all. Visit OctaneRaceway.com and Maverick.com to learn more, Bo. Say hi to the awesome forts out there tonight. Having a great time. Probably celebrating the GMs, the Cardinals GM, not our GM. Their special day out there before he heads to Indianapolis and really start to put in the work as uh, his first year as the Arizona Cardinals head coach. Um, what else we got before we get out of here and send everybody into the weekend? Check out at gophnx.com. Our guy Howard Balzer is the PHNX Cardinals beat reporter. Broke the news, I think, about Monty Austin Ford with Drew Petzing for this market saying, I'm hearing that's going down. He also knew about the Sean Payton interview before anybody else had it you can check out his phenomenal work he's at uh howard balzer on twitter and then also uh slam the promo code howard uh h-o-w-o-r-d uh h-o-w-a-r-d on <laughs> gophnx.com everybody asked me where i picked up this lid it's from the phnx merchandise locker i love it i wear these hats every day because they're comfortable i work out in the tees Shameless plug. It's me walking around. <laughs> me working out is me walking around the Maricopa Lake. Shameless plug to you getting gains or for yeah, the PHNX no. locker? I need. I have the wrong kind of gains right now. I may not need to be <laughs> scootering next week in Indy. I need to be walking. I think I need to be walking. You're like those two brothers on the on the on the motorbikes, like they yeah. used to be in Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking. You don't about. remember the big two twin brothers that they were on the small little motorbikes back in the day? Maybe. <laughs> It's gonna be you Are and you, Shane. Yeah. Uh I need to get it. I need yeah. I need to get up with that. Uh those aren't <laughs> cheap. So I'll probably have Shane pay for my my scooter next week. Uh <laughs> Elver sure in the chat. Shane. Right. Monty was part of that staff that traded AJ Brown, so I bet he's gonna trade D Hop. Um, I think they would like a mulligan on that trade, but I think they feel more comfortable trading a guy who's in his 30s making making his money already. I I we're not talking enough about how much money D Hop's making next year. Like that's that money's Money's the big factor. Money's the factor with Isaiah Simmons. It's the factor with D-Hop. Um, Kyler Murray's makes the money now. He makes 45 to $50 million a year. So you got you got to have cheap assets everywhere else, Bo. Yeah, I mean, well, he doesn't make that much right now. He's making 7% of the salary cap. This is, an, this is his fifth-year option year, and then after that, it, it gets really high. So the Arizona Cardinals, the key this offseason, as, as you kind of mentioned, is like you got to start to posture yourself for life after the rookie scale contract. Yeah. So it's Cardinals it 2.0 today, man. It's going to wrap things up for PHNX Cardinals. Make sure you're following on all the socials, all their great content coming out of the combine. We're going to have an earlier show on Monday, one o'clock. We're going to be live here from PHNX studios. Then we're going to hit the air. We're going to land in Indy and you're going to want to follow all the great content. PHNX underscore sports and PHNX underscore Cardinals. Find us where you find all your great podcasts. We will talk to you guys after a great weekend. Have yourself a good one. Talk to you soon.